I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i am your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight are my lovely ladies in crime and uh awesomeness miss rachel moore good evening and the lovely renwell lux hello so tonight's episode is the uh, follow-up and penultimate episode of the year 2012. We made it. We're still alive. If you're still listening to this, the world didn't end. Um, this is going to be the best of 2012 episode where we choose our picks for the year. And I'm kind of at a impasse on my best movie of the year, favorite movie of the year, because I have yet to see Django Unchained. And that one has kind of, um, kind of, taken over a lot of people's best of lists uh surprisingly um uh, some people that i was in shock to see that they chose it over uh, say the dark knight rises so uh i'm still at odds on my favorite movie of the year because i still need to see uh master quentin's epic um but with that being said the rest of the year is fair game also i want to ask rachel and Wren, um you don't have to answer now, but uh, it's a thought. What is your favorite episode of the Fangirl Show that we have done this year? Um, but before we get to that, um, I'm going to start with uh, the best of and uh, my favorite horror movie of the year. Rachel and Ren, can you figure out what my favorite horror movie was? Cabin in the uh, Woods. Cabin in the Woods. That would be correct. Yay! Yay. That's mine too. Cabin in the Woods was amazing, and uh, I I've said this before, and other of you Drew Goddard on the show uh, about it, and uh, I absolutely loved Cabin in the Woods because it felt like Buffy, yet it was Buffy grown up, and also it was just a fresh take on the the standards, and that was awesome, and just the way they did it, the acting. Um, that was just very, you know, it was very, I don't know how to say it. it. It just was so well done on every level. Uh, they cast it well. It just was a great, great film. And just this, the visuals were stunning, beautiful stuff. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, my favorite horror movie of 2012. Yay. Next. Yay. Let's go with Ren. I, um, like I said last episode, it's, it's shameful how few movies I saw this year, and it's really, really kind of embarrassing. Um, I didn't see very many comedies. Usually I'm, um, I like to go see clever comedies. I'm not big on the really stupid, particularly disgusting ones. But I saw a film that actually I'm going to call my favorite comedy since you've genretized the category, but I had it listed as my favorite, my best Redbox surprise. Um <laughs> It was, I rented it expecting mediocrity and got genuine belly laughs and really enjoyed the heck out of The Watch, which I don't know if you saw. Uh, I don't know oh, if it's your kind no, of film. Not yet. It, not it yet. I've seen, I've seen the genuinely balance. hilarious. Like, mainly the reason I wanted to see this off the bat was because of one man and that man's name, well, on a particular TV show, is Moss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about already, kudos to you. His name is Richard Ayoade. He is a British actor who's on the British version of the IT crowd, the only version there ever should be. Um, don't ever try and make it again, America. That's sucked. And the IT crowd is incredible, and he plays Moss, and he's the guy with the part in his afro, and he's really awkward and fantastic. And he had a 
parted afro and was awkward and fantastic again, so how could you not love him? Um, and it was, it had a bunch of people that I always gen generally enjoy, and I, I was worried that it would cross that line into really foul humor that I don't enjoy. Um, and while there was some humorously gross stuff, uh, it, it didn't cross any lines, and I laughed a lot. I thought it was really funny. Well, and also, friend of the show, Doug Jones, is in that as the alien. Yes, Yay. he is. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen anything about it, it's the, it's the four guys that form a neighborhood watch, and then they have to battle aliens in their neighborhood. And um, hilarity ensues. Go see it. And they, it's good. And they blow up a cow. Yes! It's fantastic! <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just remembering all the good parts. about. I can't talk too much about it because some of it is gross humor, but it's good gross humor anyway. Redbox said it was good. That's my favorite comedy. Rachel? Well, I think that um, there were quite a few good movies out this year, and there were quite a few good movies out this year that I didn't see because I haven't seen Looper yet. I haven't seen um, Lincoln and but the movie that I really enjoyed the most this year was, to nobody's surprise, um, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson film. It's been a while since Wes has had a movie out um, other than Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it was definitely the sweetest of all his films. And I wrote, actually wrote a review about it up on Fangirl. Um, and so that's my favorite. I'm going to put that under comedy. Because um, it's kind of a hard to, to generalize movie. It is. It's somewhere between drama and comedy. I'm going to put it in comedy because it really made me laugh very hard at a few, <laughs> at a few places. Um, and it's it's worth seeing. It was really um, one of the quieter movies this year. Um, if I had to pick horror movie, it would be Lady in Black. Ooh, Hammer. Um, I liked Cabin in the Woods, but again, I don't think I would put that as a horror movie. That was really a comedy for me. Um, but um, I enjoyed... I enjoyed Lady in Black because I thought it was um, very old school scary, which is just scary enough for me. <laughs> I'm a big, giant weenie when it comes to things like that. I'm embarrassed. I still haven't seen Cabin in the Woods. You said that was a comedy? Is that comedy it's, like American Psycho is a comedy? It's comedy like Buffy had com comedic elements. Oh, okay. So it's really brilliant. Very so brilliant. We were saying, oh, we, uh, I was talking with um, Kiki the other day, my friend Kiki, and um, we were saying that we, it should be shown as a double feature with um, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Oh Tucker, my Dale God, I love Evil. that. Yeah, that would be that would be a very good combo. Um, okay. I I had to I have to uh, give my favorite comedy of the year because I I literally this movie was a, it was a hard push for uh, my one of my top favorite movies of of the of the year i loved ted ted oh, was so awesome i almost peed myself in the theater and it's it's kills me inside a little bit because seth mcfarland i want to punch you in the face so often but <laughs> at the same time you get me on so many levels it's uh kind of scary that we share a brain um so I, I, you know, I, it was, it, I dragged my husband to this movie. I'm like, no, we have to go see it in the theater. After I heard about all the Flash Gordon stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be freaking awesome. We get there. It's twice as awesome as I thought it would be. And uh, uh, Sam Jones on, in his Flash Gordon gear, riding with Marky Mark on his back on a skiff through the sky is just I, I can't words don't do it justice uh and i want my own head i mean there was so many cute things and it. it was just hilarious there were so many funny parts but it actually had a heart which is what's so awesome about seth mcfarland when he when he's on his game and not trying to like uh badmouth every christian that he can find um is that he he has a heart and he 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 has that way with nostalgia that kids my age get because he is one of us and if if i could just get over his need to bash christians i would be fine with it now and and i'm not being a holy roller here it's like he's got a vendetta against christians only where south park goes after everybody which is fine but it's just christians for mr mcfarland and i don't get it i don't know what we did to you but fine anyway but i i i forgive you because you gave me ted 
And I would cuddle you like a teddy bear because you are pretty damn cute. <laughs> so that being said, Ted was my favorite comedy of the year. And I, 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 I can't tell you enough. If you, lo- if you have a place in your heart for late um, Saturday afternoon viewings on cable of Flash Gordon, then you will love it. Mm. Next! So, let's do a TV show. <laughs> and okay. I, I'll kick that one off. Um, the TV show that surprised me the most, and I'm not saying it's the best TV show because there, there are quite a few great shows that debuted actually this season, but I really didn't expect the neighbors to be good. I, Dougie was in it. And so I watched it because, but it just seemed like the premise was like third rock from the sun trying too hard. Yeah. And halfway through the first um episode i was like this is actually pretty funny and by the second episode i'm like this is my new favorite show and i can't miss it ever um because it is it does it takes the premise of neighbor aliens living next door takes it over the top but then makes it so incredibly clever and the actors who play the two leads um the alien leads um, Larry, Larry Bird and Jack, Larry, Jackie Joyner Kiersey. They are so perfect, aren't they? They're, They're hilarious. They're amazing. And it, I find it to be the most quotable show of the season, too. I'm always quoting Jack, Jackie Joyner Kiersey. <laughs> you got to say the whole name. Do. <laughs> Do. And, um, and Doug, having Doug on there is just awesome. And they've gotten picked up because then I was afraid to love it for a little while because I'm like, oh, there's only, they, they only have half a season. And then they got picked up for the back nine right. and they think they're going to get, um, renewed. And so that, that really made me happy. I think that's my new favorite show. Me too. That was a big surprise for me as well. And I had the same, the same reaction going in thinking, if this isn't clever, this will be one of the stupidest things on television. But it turned out to be actually clever. They have good, they have some good writers, and they have good actors. You got to pull it off. Oh yes. Oh god. They, yeah. They do really well. Yeah. I still I still say Dougie needs to have the crossover episode with the guild and and have yeah he needs a girlfriend. <laughs> he needs a, a slightly pocky you know sweet. Red haired, sometimes blonde haired, sometimes maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so I'm blessing. My thing on television, not exactly a TV show, so I know I'm totally cheating right now, but it was on television. Was the Hollow Crown? That was my hands down oh. favorite thing on television. The Hollow Crown is a BBC series of Shakespeare plays, Shakespeare's war plays that they did during the Olympics. It was their cultural Olympiad. And they were big budget productions of Richard II, Henry IV Part One, Henry IV Part Two, and Henry V. And they were magnificent. Um, broadened my Shakespeare horizon once again. Um, uh, past, you know, my, my first real dive in was, of course, David Tennant in Hamlet. And this just blew up a whole grand vista of Shakespeare that I'd never, ever seen before. Never seen the war plays before. And they were magnificent, magnificent. You know, yes, Tom Hiddleston played the lead in three of these, so that helped. But even had it not been him, had had they had a similarly divinely talented actor, I still would have been enamored, enamored of these things. They were beautiful and engaging, and I, um, you know, for for still being a little bit new to the language barrier between the old English and the, and the, and the, the crappy new English. Um, I, was, I was absolutely stuck in the plot and everybody and all the characters and I knew what the heck was happening and they were, the, the war was awesome too. They did not spare any expense of making sure everybody really did look like they were killing each other uh, with swords and mud and, and blood and things. It was fantastic. Yeah, I have to say, I said it before and I'll say it again that... Um, the reason that Tom Hiddleston is great in those is not because he's like ridiculous pretty. It's because he performs Shakespeare like other people breathe. And when you see somebody carry a Shakespeare play and out act Jeremy Iron, mm-hmm. that's saying something about the cast. And Ben Wishaw as um, Richard was awesome too. He was, people might know him as the new um, Q in James Bond. Um, and I loved the James Bond this year too, but um, 
he he was really great and so i definitely uh think that they all the actors put their heart and soul into those roles and it is some of the best adapted shakespeare and um that's important they're the only stories really worth retelling over and over so well and i'm i'm going to destroy any any culture to a lot of people with what i chose as my favorite <laughs> tv series um not and, and but actually i'm not it's, it's a different kind of culture. It's a modernized, um, modernized tales that and, and tell the the kind of stories and deep storytelling that that Shakespeare took um, and gave us. But two things, I, it's it's a tie, and I'm going to cheat and say it's a tie between The Walking Dead and American Horror Story because those two shows are getting away with so much on cable t- TV, even if it is cable TV, they're pushing the limits of things. And um, America, uh, I'll start with Walking Dead first. This season, is it's very... Um, it, it, it's it's correct to compare it to Shakespeare with what is going on. With the no, tragedies... <laughs> Sorry. With the tragedies that are happening within the show... The morality tells the the um, the question of faith, the um, the desperation, and and the heroism of these characters in this is just amazing. And you've got actors within it like David Morrissey, who is Macbeth in uh, some amazing uh, an amazing uh, rip- redoing of Macbeth that they did. Um, that you can get on digital theater uh, and watch. But you've got Andrew Lincoln, who just nails it every episode. He's he's just got it. You've got just these the tragedy of what happens to his character and his family. And then you have these inspiring scenes that occur with, like, the baby. And, and it's just great stuff. And they nail it, and they work their asses off for that show, and it comes through in what they do. Um, I'm sad to say that Glenn Mazzara is leaving this uh, after this season. Um, that's that's really troubling to me, even though that's exactly what I said when Frank Darabont left. But Glenn came in and just made this show into something amazeballs on his own. And now we're waiting to hear who will be the next showrunner for the third season, which has been, or um, the fourth season, which has been picked up. So we'll find out. I I just hope they can keep up with what Glenn and all those guys have been doing. Um, So uh, Walking Dead, Shakespeare with zombies. I mean, (laughs) in in a lot of ways. Um, American Horror Story. I was concerned at first this season with the first two episodes because it was like they threw in everything they could find and the kitchen sink and the kitchen sink's cousin um, into it was what messy. Were- I stopped watching because it was messy. It, but all of a sudden something happened about the third or fourth episode, and that was they really started just finding their ground and. Uh, the the stories that started emerging of these characters and what was going on and some of the surprising stuff that they pulled out of there was just awesome and the last and, and the things that they were talking about and and that they're doing on there not not, not just the the how in the 60s how uh you know mental illness was treated you've got the whole um nazi war uh, criminal doing these crazy ass experiments you've got uh, how homosexuality was treated back then as a disease and, and some of the ways that they actually tried to cure it and then you've got the whole uh, abortion angle that they've come into with you know Catholic Church and people being against abortion even in cases of rape and what happens what happens to the child, what happens to the mother, what happens to the people that have to deal with the ramifications of that life coming into the world when it really may not be something you want released into the world. Um, there's just so much stuff. I mean, even that one episode was called The Coat Hanger, for God's sake. So it's just fearless in what it's doing. And 
I I really really got into it, and then you get Ian McShane in there as a crazy psychopathic Santa Claus, and that's just like the cherry on top of everything. <laughs> but I I really really loved um, I really love what they're doing, and I can't wait for the next episode. It hasn't aired yet, but um, God Zachary Quinto, all those guys are just awesome sauce. And then the big surprise was. Um, the I can't I can't I, I don't know if Rachel and, and you guys are gonna actually watch this, but they had the surprise return of an actor from the first season as a new character in, in this season of the show and it was one of the coolest things. I was very happy. So, um yeah, American Horror Story, Walking Dead are um bringing the best T V to your screens right now, I think. For the year, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Next, Rin, what's you got? It was one the, the the last TV related thing I have is something I labeled favorite thing I watched on TV at all ever last year. The favorite thing I watched on TV last year was the Mars Curiosity rover landing on Mars live. That was the best thing I watched on television. It that was like was... watching a bunch of stuff with your friends because we were on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed that. I felt like a moron for not having been on Twitter. I was, just in, I was just me and the television, and I was trying to just imagine being there. Um, and, you know, whilst unmanned, it probably didn't hold the same kind of gravitas as, as our parents watching the moon landing live, um, if they're that old. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but it's certainly for me, it's the most exciting spacefaring thing that's occurred in my lifetime. I mean, up there, very, very, very close second is, of course, SpaceX launching the first commercial space vehicle into space, docking with the International Space Station, unloading some cargo, and then returning safely back to Earth. Um, and that's a private entity, not a government-run program. I think that's spec-freaking-tacular. Last week, actually, I don't know if anybody saw, last week they did some tests of a hovering rocket. I forgot to check it out before the show tonight, so I have no idea what the purpose of a hovering rocket is. But that badass, that thing hovers. <laughs> it does. It's just hovering right there. Rocket. Yes. It's awesome. Anyway, it looks pretty freaking cool. SpaceX is probably my favorite thing of the year like like just like an entity they're they're awesome but the favorite thing on television um just because there was the whole there was the whole thing the aspect of it being live the aspect of seeing space you know uh, the the mission control at nasa watching those guys who had built that thing for years sensing their own excitement and their own anxiety about you know will this thing that we've spent a large portion of our lives you know succeed or fail in the next few seconds and then um yeah all the different phases of it until it hit the ground uh exhilarating that was the best thing watching on television at all last year this year rachel you have anything tv related my last tv that related are two shows that um i knew i'd like I really like, but I feel like I'm the only one people watching them because anytime I turn to somebody and say, did you see the episode? They look at me blankly. And so the two shows that I think you should give a try to are um, the Mindy show, which is Mindy calling and she's, or it's called the Mindy project and it's pretty hilarious. They have it on Hulu. Go watch it. If you don't have access, you have access now. And um, the other show is Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which Seriously? is a show about I a don't... girl who comes to, she comes to New York and she kind of gets played by this um, kind of modern Holly Golightly character who then um, they, they forge an unlikely friendship. It's kind of one of those um, odd couple shows. But the, her Holly Golightly type friend, played by Kristen Ritter, who's brilliant in the show, her... Um, Kristen Ritter's best friend in the show is um, James Vanderbeek playing himself. No way. (laughs) It's such a great conceit. Like he's, he just is playing this horrible, like everything you would think that the the guy who started Dawson and Dawson Creek would become like, it's this great parody of himself and he completely commits to it. (laughs) And um, it makes 
show. I actually think it might be actually in its second season, but um, or maybe I just thought it was gone, and so, but it's kind of gone under the radar. And I really, it's really freaking hilarious. And um, just start from the beginning because if you have to start um, from an episode, gosh, that would be hard. Um, just start from the beginning. <laughs> I think I will. I, I, you're, you are actually the only person I know who has ever seen that show. Um, <laughs> so I That's didn't know. I thought it was horrible. I'm going to watch it. That sounds really funny. There's an episode. Um, if you, if you, if you just need a gateway, if you don't want to start from the beginning, um, from season one, Shitagi Nashi is the one to see. Where it turns out her roommate is secretly. Um, la, 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 you're going to give it away. I'm not Jessica. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, oh. it uh, her roommate has this other secret life in addition to all her other secret lives. Uh-huh. So, um, so, yeah, don't trust the being in apartment 23. Totally worth seeing. And it is, it's in its second season, but it did debut this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, there you go. Uh, so um, so, I had to pick my best week of TV because it was such an epic thing that I had to I had to give it its own category. So the best week of TV in 2012 was Hobbit Week on the Colbert Report. Yes, yes. that was fantastic. That was probably the most avarice of a fanboy gone wild I've ever seen and God I love you Stephen Colbert you're a filth if ever I've seen one (laughs) you talking in Elvish is my happy place Um, but thank you for what you did and thank you for turning your entire studio into Hobbiton <laughs> and having Martin Freeman and Ian McKellen and and Peter Jackson and just all these awesome people on on your show and you we got to live vicariously through you and I know you were geeking out as hardcore as we would so that was that was just great um the week of hobbit on the colbert report and I really 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 want him to be Tom Bombadil yeah. What was the best moment for you out of all those? Oh, God. Um, I really loved watching him interact with Ian McKellen. Yes. Because you could tell Ian McKellen was hardcore flirting. Oh, yes. <laughs> he kissed his hand. <laughs> I think for me it was a tie between... The ep- Ian McKellen wasn't even on this episode. He'd been on the night before. But the episode after that, when the interview time came, and I guess I think it was Martin Freeman, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Stephen Colbert gets up to jog to the table in the midst of all the applause like he always does. And halfway through, he stops. And Ian McKellen is blocking his path with a staff. <laughs> and he goes, you <laughs> shall pass. <laughs> and let him go. <laughs> that was good. The other thing that, that nearly tops it for me was the last episode when he had Peter Jackson on and he told Peter Jackson the history of, I can't remember it now, but oh damn, you have to watch it. Like, like watch it on thedailyshow.com or something. Um, no, he, there was he's a thing. like a walking encyclopedia. I know, it was the, crazy. Peter Jackson's have, like, well, why is, I've always wanted to know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, let me tell you. And then he describes all the reasons why. And Peter Jackson goes, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Well, what's so funny is if you go back and look on, I think, I think possibly you can find this stuff on the the Daily Show archives. Yeah. Um, with the first time that that V, I think it was the first time Viggo Mortensen was on the Daily Show, they were talking. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because he comes out with these like cheesy rubber snakes in his little baby rubber snakes in his pocket, and John Stewart's looking at him like, "That is the." the goofiest thing I've ever seen like the worst joke ever <laughs> he's like pulling around but what was so funny was they were talking about Colbert because it was already widely known that he was this big Tolkien geek and they recorded him telling the story and history of Aragorn mm-hmm. and who his entire history and Stuart stopped playing it and said this goes on for another 25 minutes 
Oh my god. <laughs> and and, and uh, it's very Colbert. He's not even in character. It's just regular old Steven talking yeah. about, you know. And so then Ar- and uh, then Aragorn, then Viggo Mortensen goes, "Oh yeah, we're we're I'm having something delivered to him. We we were told about him." Oh my and, god. <laughs> and Stuart's like, well, "What do you have delivered to him?" He's like, "Um, we had the entire fellowship carved into chocolate and given to him." Whoa! And, oh my god! And and John Stewart, you see this look in his eye, like he knows that Colbert's gonna like fall to his knees in worship at this <laughs> gift of chocolate carved fellowship, and 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 Stewart goes, you realize he's gonna have like a three hour long erection after you give him that, right? <laughs> and 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 Viggo Mortensen's like laughing, going, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So it's obvious from way back that Colbert, you know, even when he had Mortensen, like, show up in Aragorn gear with short hair, and he couldn't, you know, and he goes, you have my sword, whenever he said he was going to run for president. I mean, it's it's this ongoing thing with him and Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, but the Hobbit week just was great. I freaking loved it. It was so fun to see him just get to live out his geek dream, so, yay, best week of TV ever. Agreed. So, Rachel, what do you yes. have? Next, um, my, uh, you want to do favorite books of 2012? We, why don't you guys do favorite books? I actually have favorite CD. Oh, do I CD first. Music video. Oh, favorite. All right, Ren, what's your favorite music video? This music video, every single person in the world has seen it, and that's been verified by, by YouTube now. Most oh, video of all time. Uh, Gangnam Style, and anyone who says otherwise can just absolutely sit on attack and spin. That is the funniest music video I have seen in so freaking long. Yeah, if all you think it is is just a regular old, you know, pop music, dance music video, watch a little closer, because he is taking the piss out of everything you will see in those typical stupid music videos. That man is clever. That video, I laugh so hard whenever he's like, walking out of the warehouse with the two hot girls on both sides and the <laughs> wind machine is blowing trash in their mouths. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Watch it again. I, I lull every time. Um, so I, I had to pick my favorite. I had to bring this up because literally this CD, I can listen to it from beginning to end there's not one bad song and uh, she's been a favorite artist of mine for a while but this this CD is like the epitome of awesome the the whole thing and that is no not Lady Gaga it is <laughs> it is pink and the CD is the truth about love and there are so many good songs in this and they all there there's no fear in what she's singing about they're all great they're all you can tell that he's lived this stuff and um just like we've got the the song try has become like a big deal because of the video and just how freaking epic she is in it and just athletic and crazy which is what she is she's athletic and crazy but then she does duets with Lily Rose Cooper. She's doing duets with Nate Roos, who's from Fun, who I love. Um, she's got Eminem on here. Then she's got some great songs like Beam Me Up, which is just, there's so much pain and joy and love in this whole thing. Um, I love the song called The Great Escape, though, because it's one of these songs that you can listen to when you're really, really, really down and um very sad and you know that she's been just anybody can can write this stuff has been through this but like the great escape for sure is a song about someone telling someone they love i know i've been there i wanted to 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 do myself in too but i'm not going to let you do it i'm the king of the great great escape but i'm not going to let you do it um and they say how the pain that you're going through and all this um, emotional turmoil that you're going through is gonna, in the end going to keep you alive. 
So it's just some beautiful stuff that he's written in this. And then there's fun stuff like Slut Like You and Walk a Shame, which I've lived through. Um, but it's it's some great stuff. And How Come You're Not Here, just, you know, that's your typical pink stuff. Blow Me One Last Kiss, more typical pink, you know, tough, funny stuff. But there's some great work in this. And, and from beginning to end, you can listen to the whole CD and there's not one bad song. My favorite album of the year is Tide. I um, I I have to give a shout out to Jack White's Blunderbuss because it's Jack White's Blunderbuss. But the Mountain Goats um, came out with Transcendent Transcendental Youth um, this year, and you know you can't really go wrong with either Jack White or the Mountain Goats. So those are my two picks for the year. I have to Google briefly if the album that I was going to pick even came out in 2012. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, if you've never listened to the Mountain Goats before, um, you should check them out. Because if you haven't listened to Jack White, I just don't know what to do with you. But um, if you don't know who Jack White is, you just need to go away. You should need to. You should not listen to this show. (laughs) If you need to start out with something, um, my favorite Mountain Goats album is Heretic Pride, and that came out. I want to say like 2008, maybe. And uh, it has a lot of my favorites, including Lovecraft in Brooklyn and Autoclave and uh, Michael Myers Resplendent. And, but it isn't at all a hard rock group. If you're looking for hard rock, it's definitely <laughs> my indie, my folk indie rock. So um, with some blues and stuff thrown in. So check it out. Well, <clears throat> the one and only CD I bought in 2012 uh, actually came out in 2009, <laughs> so this doesn't really count, but it is the best CD I bought all year, and, and it's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it's your best CD, so. Yes, it's uh, Vitalik, it's their Flash Mob album, and it is some of the most incredibly wickedly cool dance music you will ever listen to, put it on incredibly loud, and then open all the doors and let your neighbors know what real music sounds like. Buddha. Yeah. Okay. So, Favorite book. Oh. And I have to say, just because, not only because it was so hotly anticipated by my house to the point of like ridiculousness, but also because after the Quantum of Solace type book that preceded it, um, following one of the worst quick cliffhanger books. Um, I have to say Cold, uh, Cold Days the um, by Jim Butcher, the latest in the Harry Dresden series, um, picking up where Ghost Story left off. And really, if you haven't read Dresden, that's all I can say. But let's just say that Ghost Story was kind of Quantum of Solace. It was really just a book that bridged, um, that, that bridged changes and... Uh, and this recent book, Cold Days, and it was worth the wait. It was a page-turner to the very end, um, left you wanting so much more, and fortunately, um, this particular Harry Dresden, this particular Harry, who is also a wizard, is not going to end after just a handful of books. There's at least 20-some books planned by the author. So, so uh, yeah, that would be my pick. And if you haven't started reading Dresden, this is a good time to to start up because you won't have to deal with the horrible, horrible cliffhanger we all had two books ago. So, Well, I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to kind of cross over into film them with my book choice because <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, uh, I got this for Christmas and I read it like a crazy person um, while I, uh, over the weekend, and, um, and that is The Dark Shadows Visual Companion. Even if you hate the movie, you have to respect this book because it shows you up close and personal the beautiful work that went into the movie and the detail and just the behind this. That's why I love these visual companions to the Burton films because 
they are so pretty and you see the artistry that is in what he does thanks to these books and all the work and detail and the sketches are in here um just the the costume photos and the set pieces it's absolutely beautiful i don't know why it took so damn long for this to come out because the movie came out about a third of two halfway through the year and it took like another four months for the book to come out but it is worth it if you uh, get the chance to buy it. You should. It's uh, $39.95, and you can get it on Amazon.com, and I believe you can order it through Barnes & Noble. But it is absolutely gorgeous, and also um, uh, Zanuck is represented in this, and it's a good thing. So there you go. That's my choice. My favorite thing I read, and this is a total cop-out, because I did read several books this year, but none of them came out this year, but... Um, I get a lot of my reading uh, fed to me via Twitter. More than just my feed, I'll read what people link out to from Twitter. <laughs> so this is my suggestions of people to follow on Twitter, because these are my favorite Twitters. Um, people that provide actual content and link out to actual useful information. Um, the people I follow for pure nerd delight uh, are for legal reasons, well, not for legal reasons. For, for legal fun. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> For, for legal fun, if you're, if you're a massive nerd like me, you like the law, I do like the law. Um, there's an account called Popat, and they have, a, they have an accompanying website where they post bloggy stuff. Um, Popat is hilariously funny, and they're American legal stuff, so things pertaining to this country. And they seek out, um, well, actually, the main guy named Ken is a lawyer, and he does pro bono stuff for uh, online-related causes if somebody is actually being you know, harassed legally and they don't have the money to support their own defense. This is the kind of thing that he stands up for and and posts blogs about. And he's um, championed a lot of stuff that you may have heard of. One of them, the way I discovered him actually was the guy that tried to sue the guy that makes the oatmeal um, and turned out to be the, one of the Internet's biggest douchebags of 2012. Uh, somebody Carrion is his name, and anyway, so I followed him via that story, and then I just kept following his Twitter. His Twitter is always fun. I mean, if he's not tweeting something just simple and 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 sweet, it'll well, sweet quote unquote, it'll be a link out to the blog where he's made a long uh, blog post about a topic or another. He's a champion of the First Amendment, um, but also just a very very keen legal mind, and I appreciate that kind of um, ability to sew in. Uh, examinations of the law and humor at the same time. On the other side of the pond, there's the other legal guy I follow, which is the Jack of Kent. And the Jack of Kent is a lawyer in the UK who is known... Uh, he... I don't know if he represented or he... Oh, he did a, he did a story earlier this year where he outed the... Um, or rather... Uh, not investigated, he analyzed... I, there's another word I'm looking for. There's a, there's a blogger in the UK who was called um, Nightjack, and he, he turned out to be a policeman, and he was blogging fictional stories about what it's like to be a policeman in the UK, um, but he kept his identity anonymous because he didn't want to be, you know, crossing any lines or having anyone else, but a paper hacked into his email and outed him to everybody, and he got in big trouble and lost his job, um, so the Jack of Kent kind of came to his rescue and, and uh, showed the... Uh, not so ethical methods that the paper employed to out this guy for no real reason. That's one of the things that Jack Kent is famous for. Something else that he was involved in lately is the Levison Inquiry, which I'm not even going to describe because I'm sure I'm boring the hell out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, also really fun is Ben Goldacre, who's a, a, a doctor. He's a research researching doctor of medicine, and um, he's published a book that is rather famous called Bad, Bad Science. And he's just put another one out called Bad Medicine or Bad Farmer or something like that. And he's really funny. Um, and then for pure lols, for absolutely no other reason than, it, than that it is a perfect Twitter account. If ever there was a perfect Twitter account, this is one. It's called TNG Season 8, which is uh, <laughs> the imaginary eighth season of The Next Generation. Oh, and in 40 characters... Each tweet is a synopsis of another episode of this imaginary se eighth season of The Next Generation. And they are gems. They are gems. <laughs> I mean, one example is Troy's new alien jewelry rewrites her DNA, altering her features and personality. 
Jordy and Data's staring contest is declared a stalemate. And it's always two things. <laughs> it's always two things. Think about that one, guys. It'll take you a second. It's always two things. One of them is like semi-believable, and one of them is just absolutely outright stupid, which if you watched a lot of TNG, that's pretty much every single episode. Um, hey. Yeah, it's true. Think about it. Not nice. You're done. You're done. You're cut off. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so I had to bring up one thing because I know we're getting ready to run out of time here. Um, uh, so we got. I had to bring this up, uh, and mine is the best success story of 2012. And I, I have to give mad love to Mr. Jeremy Renner. Mr. Jeremy Renner, not only is he sexy and gorgeous and very, very talented, um, he's 41 years old, and, and he has been around for quite a while. You may mm -hmm. not have known this. Angel! 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 He, he was, and it will always forever shall be, the blonde wannabe angel in Angel. That wasn't his name in Angel, but that's what he will always be known <laughs> as to be. He was, his name was Penn, P-E-N-N. -E um, but he has been around for quite a while, and um, uh, what a lot of people knew him from um, originally, he did, some, uh, he did some TV work and, and things like that. Not, a, not big stuff, except for the Angel episode where he actually was the main antagonist in that episode. But um, he played Jeffrey Dahmer in a very eerie um, and very well done portrayal of him in a movie called Dahmer, which you can actually stream on Netflix. It's up there. He's also, he was in SWAT. Um, but then he started doing, um, he started gaining ground, but this was back in like um, about 2008 is when he really started getting noticed. And that was due to uh, a really awesome portrayal and 28 weeks later, that made me cry, you bastard. And then he started getting uh, these roles as, um, you know, army guys, because then the Hurt Locker came along. Mm -hmm. And before that, he had the very, you know, the canceled, the, the unusuals, which some people might not even remember happened. Um, I think that's now streaming on Netflix, too. But um, the Hurt Locker happened, and then he started getting noticed. But he has been around a lot longer than that and, and has done a lot of stuff. So, And it's great that a guy who's in his early 40s is now becoming this big phenomenon. And he's been in basically every major release um, this year, at least. You know, he was the, he had his own franchise now with the Bourne stuff, with the Bourne legacy. He is Hawkeye in The Avengers. He had, um, he's also in the Mission Impossible franchise now, and he's getting another um, main starring role in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which is probably going to end up being another franchise. Can't wait to see that movie. So, my props to Jeremy Renner, because God love him, he kept with it, and he is an example for people, you know, you can... It doesn't matter. You, it's not like he's 100 years old, but it's pretty amazing that he's, you know, it's now that he's turned in his 40s that he is really kicking ass. It helps and, that he looks 28. I know, but in some, you know what? He, he in his eyes, he doesn't. So I I really love him. And I, I he seems like such a sweetheart. People love this guy. He's friends with like these really cool like Ben Affleck and, and guys like that he's friends with Matt Damon good guys you know so I you know and oh don't let me forget the town by the way because he kicked so much butt in that um so yeah I absolutely love Jeremy Renner and Yay, uh, Jeremy Renner. best best success story of the year because he's got he's like getting all the goodies so good on him that that plays nicely. My favorite pick because I didn't put it in earlier. My my best movie of the year, favorite pick of the year, probably no surprise is The Avengers, hands down. I think I think unanimous that at least mm -hmm. in one in one way or another that's our favorite movie. Yeah, that was awesome. I was also but, gonna make you guys play a little guessing game where I supplied other categories and you guessed who I thought was the best villain, the best costume, the best hair, the best <laughs> grin, the best use of an energy staff, the best use of a pointy helmet, and the best. <laughs> job of stealing my heart oh i think hiddles has done that to everybody okay ah i love Loki so um so i think we need to figure out 
Um, gals, what is your favorite episode of the Fangirl Radio Show for 2012 that we've done? It's easy. Mine is Tide. Mine's Tide, too. Jesus. My, my two favorites, and, and I'll tell you why, because every once in a while, I, and we have we are so blessed and lucky with the guests we have they're so amazing but every once in a while we get somebody on who is a storyteller and who um, once I can get over my ridiculous like heart palpitating fangirlness about them I just wish I had another hour to sit down and have tea with them in person and just listen Mm -hmm. to them talk and for me this year that was James Urbaniak and Peter David either one of those if you could just listen to just one of those um, in our archives, I, I'd have a hard time telling you which one to watch because James Urbaniak, just so um, gracious and um, so sweet and had such great stories. And, of course, Peter David is just an icon and um, talked to us like he would, I feel like, his own daughters or nieces or something and just told stories and had a great time. And so those are my two favorites. That's a good one. Ren? My two favorites were one of them for the exact same reason that Rachel just said is just we're blessed with some really amazing people to talk to and this particular guest I don't think I laughed quite as hard though we do laugh a lot I laughed a lot talking to this guy and that is Derek Mears that was early in the year but still nothing quite beats uh, the t-shirt that says I got kick punched <laughs> or the moment when we all agreed that he needed to be the Kurgan in the uh, Highland remake. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That does tie for me, though, with my second choice, which was our Remembering Ray Bradbury. And that's, I mostly just picked that for personal reasons because Ray Bradbury's got a very special place in my heart, which I talked about in the show. So those two were my two favorites. Let's um, not I have our first female guest, though. Of course. Oh, yeah, Paige. With Jen Page, have to give More her a shout out because this has been a landmark year for us. Um, and since then, we've had other girls, but Jen Page, you are our first, and we love you. Well, I've, I've got a tie because there's two I really, really enjoyed having, and, and um, one biggie for me was was Kenneth Johnson. I I could listen to that man tell stories of working with Bill Bixby and and all the stuff that he's done and he is like a massive hero to me and basically he's one of those guys like Henson and and company that sculpted my life you know they they, my childhood that was one of them Um, and also uh, I absolutely love anytime we have him on and we're going to have him back at some point soon is having Greg Nicotero on because I love Greg. He is so much fun. He's one big giant fanboy and having him on board and, and talking with us and, and giving us details of the show and um, all the work he's done. He's just phenomenal. And he's so much fun to talk to. You could, and he'd talk your ear off if he'd let you. So that's great. And, and also, God freaking, you know, I can't help it. There's so many good episodes we've done this year. I, I you know... Uh, we had we've had Killian Murphy on for God's yeah. sake, Killian Murphy, and and then my sister and I got to do a Dark Shadows episode together, where all we did was babble, and I got to do a cool intro and live a dream. Um, it just is so much great stuff. And then you know Norman Reedus was our one year anniversary episode, mm-hmm. and it just you know and Dougie, anytime he's on, it we've just had a great year with the show and. Um, you know, it's just been awesome, and it just keeps going, and so yay. Wait a sec. Didn't Dark Shadows come out this year? Yes, yeah. it did. How did that not make any of your lists, or you were like, you're like rabid about that movie? Uh, I was know, just thinking it, about how we had, we actually had Dark Shadows cast members on, and that was a big thing for us. Dark Shadows, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, though. No, this fair enough. It was a good year for movies. It was. It's, it's been hard. such a. It was such a packed year, and and there were so many good films. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter mo- movie that Jessica and I almost spit soda at the person in front of us at. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is when they chucked the horse. Oh man, if you should have seen this when they chucked the horse, we were we had both taken a drink of soda. The person in front of us almost got a shower. It was yeah, awful. and then there was just the the O face of Kristen Stewart. Oh, oh my God. God, forever in infamy that will live. Yeah. Um, 
And then I, th I swear Rachel was tearing up at the end of Twilight. Shut up. No, <laughs> was. Maybe I was, I was, it was tears of relief that it was freaking over. No, yes. you're a liar. That is not true. You were sitting next to Quincy. You don't even know. I, I'm surprised he wasn't crying. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't such a fan that um, nobody gave me a copy of um, Twilight, the trivia game for Christmas. Ah, uh, that was not my choice. <laughs> not my choice. No, but I can't tell you. what. One thing I'm looking forward to really quick, because I know we got to wrap this up, is um, uh, next year, What what's um, the first thing you're looking forward to most next year? Real quick, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, I'm looking forward to all the new guests, and I'm looking forward to making it through another year of school. Ren. Okay, I just said it. I want Tom Hiddleston on the show. I, I'm working I actually, on it. Both halves of that sentence apply. <laughs> I want Tom Hiddleston yes. on the show. <laughs> anyway, any place in which you stop that sentence is fine. After say the first three words. That that's hilarious. Um, I am actually. I, the more and more I see of it, I'm looking forward to Warm Bodies. I I'm. I can't help it. That movie looks great. It's yes, it does. I just saw another another trailer for it. And Elysium just saw the new picture for Lisa of Charlton yeah. Cope looking badass and grungy and hot. So yeah, I'm. There's so much good stuff coming in 2013. I can't wait. And I am working on Tom Hiddleston. We'll try. So with that, everybody, I, I want to thank you for making this a great year for Fangirl Radio, um, fangirlmag.com. We, we love you guys. Thank you for listening to us. And 2012 didn't, I don't think the world ended. I think we made it past that point. So 2013 hopefully will be a lot more brighter in a lot of ways. And um, we're going to have a lot more good stuff coming your way, too. So and for Rachel, new year. Ren. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I uh, the only thing I wish for, and this is just for the pure morbid amusement, is more apocalypse predictions. I want more. <laughs> now they gotta bump it up. <laughs> yes. More every year. Do an extra one. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much again, and this is Fangirl Radio signing off for 2012. See you in 2013. Bye.